All right, welcome to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Your hosts today are Michael Diorio, Matt Lansdale, and myself, Callan Brecken. And to collectively, we have over 40 years of experience in the personal development world. And if this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you. We each have our own coaching practices, but in this podcast, we are giving away all the good stuff to you. Today, we are going to be talking about bottom shaming. And oh my goodness, we've been asked about this so much. So this episode has been a long time coming. We are going to be exploring questions like, where do you think bottom shaming stems from? Why do you think bottom shaming keeps being perpetuated in the gay community? And how do you think we as a community can start moving away from bottom shaming and start empowering ourselves and those of us in our community? So we'll continue these discussions on the last Thursday of every month in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Zoom Hangouts, where you'll have the chance to share your experiences This podcast and YouTube channel are listener and viewer supported. So if you've enjoyed what we're creating and you want to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon page and contribute to the show. Depending on what option you choose over there, we'll even send you a t-shirt as a thank you. You can find the link to our Patreon in the show notes. You can also subscribe to the early access option on Apple Podcasts and gain early access to new episodes. All your support helps us continue making content for you and supporting our community, and we thank you in advance. Be sure to check out the seven-day trial that we currently have going on for the Gay Men Going Deeper membership. If you've been curious about joining, now is the perfect time to check it out. Inside, you get access to our new Building Better Relationship course. You get access to our Healing Your Shame course, as well as over 35 other coaching videos. So head on over to GayMenGoingDeeper.com to find out more information and gain access for that seven-day trial for yourself. Now, before we jump into today's episode, let's read a review from one of our listeners. This comes from Leonardo on YouTube, and he writes, in quotes, empathy deficit in the world, dot, 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 by Callan. Yes, queen, you nailed it. As usual, really, really good podcast, darlings. Keep enlightening our dark world with your light insights and charisma well thank you Mm. very much leonardo and i can't take full credit for that because empathy deficit is what like i've like Brene brown has said that and so Mm. i'm definitely just like reiterating her kind of beliefs and i just very much agree with it but yes thank you so much for that comment leonardo okay bottom shaming where do we even begin on this topic Mm. i know there's a lot that's going to come up today um so for me Bottom shaming comes from this notion of you're the partner being penetrated um, and you're the feminine partner. And in society, in the society we grew up, being feminine was looked down upon. And it also plays into toxic masculinity of our day. Um, For me, bottom shaming basically comes down to the place of being a woman is less than being a man and women are penetrated for sex. Therefore, if you are the bottom partner, you're the woman and therefore you are less than. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's perpetuated all through gay culture in a way that we use gay slurs and shade to throw all of the time. Uh, Tops are still very much idolized a lot of the time. Everyone always complains that there aren't enough tops in the city, at least here in Toronto. That's a conversation that happens quite often. Um, There is also still many jokes and stereotypes about how bottoms are the clean, neat, and tidy homemaker types, and that tops have messy rooms and apartments, 
And then if it's a giant mess, you know, the dick is going to be really great. It is so fucked up. But I hear these kinds of comments being thrown around all the time in the gay community. Uh, but I'm really excited about, uh, but I'm really excited to dig into this conversation because we have had so many requests for it. And I really want to know what everybody else's thoughts on it are. So let's start off with the first question that we have, which is where do you think bottom shaming stems from? And I already kind of said my two cents on it. So I am going to pass this off to Matt first. Me first. Okay. Well, you pretty much said it, really. I think I have two words to sum it all up and patriarchal oppression, right? If you think about it, like the matriarchy has been suppressed and it's been oppressed by the patriarchy. So, and by that, for people that don't understand that terminology, it's essentially the masculine suppressing the feminine. And I think we're seeing a massive shift in this on the planet right now. And so it's affecting so many aspects of, of relationships and humanity and the relationship we have to the planet, the planet being a feminine energy, the moon being a feminine energy, right? Like we're, we're governed by these beautiful feminine energies. And um, so I think that we as a, as a species has been, we've been conditioned to believe that the feminine is somehow less than, and that exactly what you said, we're attributing bottoming to being receiving and being part of the feminine nature. Um, so I think that's, that's a big part of it. Um, the other aspect I think for gay men specifically is I think we tend to put straight men on a pedestal and we view straight men as like the top of the food chain and that they're fucking women and they're the ones that are giving. And um, so I think that that's another one of the areas that we, you know, idolizing straight men has, huge impact on our community and the way that we see it. So it's almost like this notion of like, um, I'm less gay if I'm the one fucking you, right? And like a lot of us still, whether we think we do or not, a lot of us still have internalized homophobia. And for me, it's come through in layers. I thought 10 years ago, I had dealt with my internalized homophobia. I'm not kidding you. And I'm still having things coming up. Another layer just came up recently. Like, so it's, it's very elusive and it's very subconscious. And um, so I do think that, that we, we, we externalize, we project some of that into this space specifically around role, sexual roles and how I'm less gay if I just do that. Or I, or I hear, you know, this around like, oh, I'm, if, if I'm the guy that is getting my dick sucked, I'm less homo, right? Like that no sort homo, of mentality, bro. no homo bro. Right. So that sort of mentality. And I just think that's, it's it is it's so toxic and it's so unhelpful and it's just all it's doing is suppressing our sexual energy and we're, we're having a hard time becoming fully empowered into ourselves because of it so yeah i'm very passionate about this this topic and i have a lot to say but i'll, I'll leave it there for now because i think we've you know i don't want to beat a dead horse i think it's pretty cut and clear why we're like this right it's around suppression of feminine so yeah 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 what about for you michael yeah, what you guys said, <laughs> same exact same words that I that I had in mind, uh, misogynistic uh, cultural norms and beliefs that we've inherited from a very outdated society that was misogyn is misogynistic, patriarchal, sexist, homophobic. Uh, really? A lot of our formal education, sex education, for those of you who had one, still is is all those things uh, homophobic, and even the not so formal education that we get through porn, through the media, through 
our peers also is very hetero-dominated and misogynistic. So it comes at us from both ends, whether you're getting the formal education or not. Um, I'd like to think that's changed. I will say I haven't been in a, I haven't been in school in a while, but uh, I hope that has changed. Um, but you know that society that we are born into it just creates the conditions that perpetuate shame in general, shame for being gay, shame for having an attraction to men, shame for being a sexual being. That's one that I'm very attracted or very uh, uh, passionate about is just sexual shaming in general. Like I am a sexual being and I don't want to be shamed for it, and I don't think anybody else should. Shame for being aroused by whatever arouses you. Oh, I shouldn't like that. No, that's good. That's not good. Shame for masturbation. Shame for shame, shame, shame. Just shame everywhere. Um, shame for enjoying sex. Too much sex. Uh, whatever that means. Um, not enough sex for being approved. Whatever that means. So, you know, the shame of enjoying the feeling of a dick in your ass. Like, why Why should there be shame for that? Uh, it feels really fucking good. Because mm-hmm. um, people are starting yeah. to realize it, though. They yes. are starting mm-hmm. to figure this it out. <laughs> yeah. There's there just so much shame. Friend about about all these things that feel great and a lot of i mean people who follow me on my instagram i talk about this a lot and i i too am very passionate about it because it's been a big part of my personal journey is being steeped and covered in all the shame for for just existing as a sexual being mm-hmm. and i had to go through all of that and now i'm at a point where i am shameless and i say that in a good way uh, shameless meaning I don't have as much shame as I well very little especially on the topic of sex but not not when I say shameless that, that has a negative connotation I do not mean boundaryless I have very clear boundaries but there's not a lot of shame so yeah mm. I think everything that you guys said it's it's the society that we we're born and raised in and we have a lot of work to do so hopefully this podcast can help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I want to continue on with this and add on to it because in the intro I talked about um, you know, being the penetrated, being the receiver, but that in, in a city like Toronto, a large majority of people that I talk to are bottoms. Like the, the, I would say significantly known are the bottoms and like it's rare and few and far between that there's these tops, yet they're the ones that we're idolizing. Mm. And then I'm just looking at it and being like, well, the, if the bottoms are the masses, why aren't we appreciating ourselves? And why are we still shaming ourselves about it? Why are we still layering all this crap on top of ourselves and looking at ourselves as less than and I think it really does go back to the patriarchy of like well you're the woman and the woman is less than or the feminine energy is less than and I'm just going to call bullshit to that right now because Mm -hmm. in order to receive like emotionally in order to be that emotional partner where you can open yourself up and receive and not just in a penetration way but in a romantic and love connection way in a receiving help and assistance it is so difficult and especially with like the talk of masculinity it is so difficult for people to equate masculinity and strength to asking for help and needing help mm-hmm. and I think that that is um, a part of receiving and that that plays into this mentality of bottoming if you're receiving you're asking for it whereas like I don't need to ask for it to be a top Mm-hmm. you know so what are you guys' thoughts on that so much kind of through the <laughs> I'm like clicking all my notes I'm like oh my god <laughs> I get so overstimulated but um yeah it's funny because I know I know so many people I'm not even going to categorize this as gay straight trans it's just people that love anal play <laughs> Like it feels fucking fantastic for men or people who identify as men. 
the prostate is like equivalent to the G spot. It's like, there's so much pleasure in this one center. Right. And um, I know a lot of um, women who I'm very close with and they're very transparent with me and their husbands love it right in heterosexual relationships. So I do think this is changing and people are starting to, to recognize that, but there's still going to be a lot of shame around it. Right. So it's like just allowing, um, you know, and I think that's why this podcast is going to be really powerful because I think people are going to realize that um, we don't have to be buying into these labels anymore. Do you think, I just had a thought, do you think, cause like there is this kind of like renaissance happening with sex and sexuality. Do you think that like the universe, the greater knowing that we don't even understand, put the RG spot in there on purpose for a reason because eventually <laughs> he like they knew we would get to this point and be like, no, because now everybody's going to need to realize like, receiving and being in that vulnerable position in order to, to kind of take down and deconstruct this masculinity energy. I fully agree. And I think it's interesting because if you think about the way the planet, the planet has its own intelligence and it knows that this, the population on this planet is getting out of control. So what we'll see is we're going to see more gay trans people, um, queer people coming forward who aren't wanting to reproduce and anal sex is one of the best birth controls, right? You ain't going to get pregnant doing that. So I would have a lot of children by now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, baby think, is yours and yeah. I'm not raising it alone. They're all, they're all mine. My friends. Uh, I think this speaks to uh, the topic of sexual identity. You know, Matt, you were saying that there are a lot of men who identify straight are enjoying anal play. You know, I think it's really important that, at least for me, I equated um, the behavior of or the act of having anal sex as gay. That means you're gay. But it's mm -hmm. very important that identity and behavior are two different things. Totally. Right? Yeah. Very, very important. So, I mean, <clears throat> as we as we define what makes what makes somebody gay, is it your attraction to a man or a woman, the same sex? Is it the actual behavior, the act that does it? Or is it just until... Or is it just when you say, I identify as this, this is how I feel inside. And that's something that I think I want everyone out there to think about, because it's something that I've recently, just in the last few weeks, been um, thinking about for myself is when did I decide that I was gay? Was it the attraction? Was it the actor? Was it the, when I actually said the words out loud? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's very important that we take that time to realize that identity is not the same thing as the act. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, and that's very important. And, and I also, cause I just did an episode um, with Jason June about um, navigating non-binary. And we had mm. this whole conversation around, you know, these kinds of topics, because I was, you know, it's coming up so much in the media specifically, cause you know, in, you know, in North America, we always have to have somebody to hate. And since, you know, they're like, okay, let's get back to the gays. Let's hate them again. Um, and so, or transgender specifically, there's a lot of going around transgender because they're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, we've maybe lost a little bit of the gays power. So now we're going to attack this other um, community, which is so fucked up. Um, yeah. But gender and gender identity and expression and experience are all different things. And it's all the people who are trying to continuously put things in a box that is making it difficult because I get it, we're humans. We like to be, we like things to be concrete and solid so that we can understand them. But we can't be so rigid in that understanding that we're not willing to look at other opportunities and other ways to grow because that is the essence of life. We are here to continue to learn and grow and change. It is the only thing that will ever be perpetuated in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes down to this gender expression, gender identity and feelings and, and what you were talking about, Michael, 
for me, my understanding and what I've taken on board for me that feels right is that I know if I ever get married, I wanted to marry a man. I know that I wanted to be romantically connected with men and romantically in a relationship. I knew that physically, once that started happening, that that was also all like great. And there was some dabbling of like, you know, kissing, holding hands, all that other fun, like stuff that happens over with women that I was just like, this is nice, but this doesn't feel right for me. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's out there listening to the podcast, because like we could have definitely straight people listening and all these other things. If you like anal play and you like being penetrated, you have a dildo or a vibrator or whatever, that, that concept doesn't make you gay. Because mm-hmm. you, I always ask somebody, because I've had these conversations with people before who are curious or they've had, they're like, oh, I, I, you know, my girlfriend stuck her finger up there and I liked it. Like, what does that mean? And I always ask them, do you want to marry a man? And do you want to have sex with a man only? And do you want to live with a man and have a romantic relationship with a man? If so, maybe you're leaning a little bit more towards, maybe you're in the middle of the spectrum. Maybe you are, but like, who knows? But if all those answers are no, then you enjoying this, you enjoying being penetrated is not make you gay. It means you enjoy pleasure because that's where our G-spot is, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, so continuing on with our conversation, why do you think bottom shaming keeps being perpetuated in our community? Like, why do you think, and it goes for everybody, not just the gays, but like straight men who enjoy it as well. Like everybody, why do you think it just keeps going? Let's go, let's start off with Michael. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, lack of education, uh, again, both formally and just in the, you know, in, in, in the media and with our peers and porn. Um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done on education. And uh, for a long time, people don't want to talk about sex. They don't think a lot of places still think sex should not be taught. Um, And so I think that's important. So until we get to the source, which to me would be ignorance, until we fix that, then it will continue to be an issue in the community. Uh, And then, you know, for for those of us who are not necessarily that age where we can be, um, where we're young, but if, if you're still perpetuating those narratives, those old tired narratives that, you know, Kellen talked about at the beginning there, like that it's less masculine, that, that bottoming's for the weak one, for the smaller one, uh, that makes you more gay and topping is like all that bullshit. If we keep perpetuating these tired old stories, then that's why it keeps being perpetuated in the community. Um, Mm -hmm. I think shame, there is a lot of shame, right? Uh, shout out to our healing your shame course. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That would help if everyone took that. That would be a big step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I think as we do that work, for, for people that are listening to this podcast, I would like to think that they're probably further along, perhaps some people who wouldn't potentially listen to this podcast. Um, but there's always work to do, right? I think I'll, even all three of us here have our own work to do. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say it, for me, it's about education, awareness, uh, noticing the narratives that we're buying into and, and seeing where, where and if we are perpetuating them. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I also want to give a shout out. If you're listening to this and you have straight friends that you've talked to, like Matt has about like, and I have, I'm sure Michael has as well. If you have straight friends who you've talked to about this, whether it's a guy or whether it's his girlfriend or somebody, send them this episode and be Mm -hmm. like, I feel like you guys should listen to this episode because it could help (laughs) unpack some of those questions that maybe they have going on in their mind around this topic. And that can be part of, you know, the conversation of moving away from this shame is if more people educate themselves on it, like you were saying, Michael. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I have one thing more thing I wanted to add to that actually. Yeah. Is is I think it does help people feel better as they're coming out in a lot of cultures and everywhere. Like I remember I remember me believing that same thing. Like, okay, well, I'll be gay, but I'm gonna just top. Well, A, because I was terrified of bottoming, but I'm gonna just top. And that was sort of my like I had that belief too. So I think in some ways it does help people come out like it's sort of like a little bridge for the coming out at least for me it was and so I think as that's there but I felt very unsafe so you know that, that was part of it too mm-hmm. I didn't feel safe to come out I felt like that's something I had to do to sort of ease my way into it so I think as people do use that as a way to feel safer in their coming out or on their sexual journey and I guess because I've done it I can kind of see it and it did help me in a way so there there's a bit of a contradiction there but that did help me. And eventually, once I did bottom and realized how fucking great it was, then, you know, I was like, okay, well, that's just, that's just not the right story. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? What's your thoughts on, on it? That's so much. Um, okay. I think the first thing is similar to what Michael just said is that we like to put ourselves in boxes. So it's like, I'm a top. And then I know what to expect. It's like a safety thing. Like we need to know who we are and we need to know who the other person is. So there's this notion when you start chatting with somebody, it's like, what are you? Are you a top? Are you a bottom? Let me know so I know how I can interact with you. And I'm just as guilty of doing that. I I understand that. But there's this obsession with penetration in the gay community. Um, And I think it is come from that heteronormative world where it's like the the girl is is the bottom, the guy is the top. And there's this, this obsession. And it's like, I'm, I'm starting to, and have been exploring Tantra for the last couple of years. And um, it's like penetration is like such a small part of sex, like 5%, maybe even less than that, 2% of sex. Right. And when you start opening up, you know, this, this notion of like bringing energetics, bringing intimacy, sensuality, all these things into sex, it's like two bottoms can have a fucking fantastic time. Do you know what I mean? But there's this whole notion of like, if I'm a bottom, like I can only fuck with tops. Do you know what I mean? And, and this whole thing, it's like, no, like there's so much pleasure that's waiting to be had beyond the scope of top verse bottom and like categorizing ourselves in these like little boxes. And I think that um, that's part of the shaming is that there's this hierarchy that top is the, is the, at the top of the food chain and then verse and then bottom. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, we all need to start exploring different avenues of sex if we want to dispel this myth that somehow there is this hierarchy. Um, Because if you are a bottom and you have shame, what would it be like for you to engage sexually or sensually with another bottom? right? What would that bring up for you? And that doesn't mean that that has to be like, because I oftentimes I think people think about relationship, like, oh, I'm a bottom. So I would never want to be in a, re- a relationship with another bottom, which I get that rational, like thinking, but do we all have to be categorizing our sex based off of relationship that that has to be the outcome, right? Like, why can't you just be in a relationship that doesn't have to have a cap on it with another bottom and just enjoy whatever sexual pleasure can come from that experience with that person, right? We don't have to make them our person and say, you know, I'm never going to have sex again, a penetrative sex again, if I don't date a top, right? So I just think there's so much there to, um, to unpack. And then the, the other thing is this notion around uh, toxic masculinity. I don't like that term. I don't use it. Um, I prefer the term hyper masculinity or performative masculinity because I don't think there's anything toxic about masculinity. I think masculinity is beautiful. 
but it can be overdone, right? And hypermasculinity is this notion of like hiding behind our masculinity, being overtly masculine. So everyone around me perceives me a certain way, right? Which comes into this whole notion of ego and us bringing our ego into sex and how we, we want to be perceived a certain way. Um, and I do think that that's what a lot of people um, bring into that. And then there's the notion of, you know, hypermasculinity. The opposite of that is like submission, right? Somebody who's operating within performative or hypermasculinity, the last thing they want to be perceived as is weak or submissive, right? So just again, this, this, ugh, this barfy energy that we're, we're constantly being fed by, by the systems, right? Whether it's government or media or whatever around masculinity, it's just, it's really unhelpful um, mm -hmm. to gender expression, to um, embodiment, right? Because masculinity is all about mental energy. So it's like keeping you up here. And in my opinion, sex is, is just meant to be this fluid exchange between mind and body. And, and um, it's really hard to engage in that, that fluidity when we're so attached to um, roles and like just this, all this stuff. Anyway, it's very alive for me right now. I'm really navigating a lot of this right now. So it's like, um, it's almost visceral. Like I can feel it in my body, like just the passion around like dispelling all this crap because it's, it's, I've realized how much it's limited me from being sexually liberated and empowered as a sexual being, because um, I've held on to this notion of topping, bottoming, and it's just, it doesn't serve me anymore. Like I'm, I'm completely done with that whole modality of labeling and I'm allowing my mood, my energy, my partner's, uh, whatever comes alive in my body in the moment. And some people, if I'm engaging with them sexually, I don't have a desire to penetrate or be penetrated by them. I want to move with their energy. I want to dance with them. Right. And I've had like different connections like that, where sex was not a primary um, thing that we indulged in. Like I mean, when I say that I'm talking about penetrative sex um, and there's other things that we've explored. So the, the sky's the limit when you stop labeling yourself, I think is what I'm trying to, to get at. Um, and then the last thing I have here is projecting our desires onto others. Um, I think when we are in the top mind and we're like, oh, I don't know how you could bottom, right. It would be so painful or it's like so shaming to like have another guy like dominating you like that sort of mentality. And, uh, I just think it's, it's own your desires. Don't project them onto other people. Do you know what I mean? Because what one person desires will not be the same as what another desires. And I think that when we give each other space and we give ourselves space to just own our desires, again, the sky's the limit. So, yeah. Nice. I love a lot of what you guys both just said, because I, I resonate with Michael in the, um, it wasn't easier to come out that way. And I think maybe it wasn't even easier to come out that way because I was very open to everything when I, like I wanted to experience it all. And I think, by default, because I'm so tall, like I'm six foot three, I'm almost six, four, and I'm quite a large person. I think by default, I became the top a lot of the time because people just assumed that of me. And because I also bring quite a confidence energy to things, people also took that as like a dominating energy, like he's the dominant mm -hmm. one. And the submissive sides just came out in them. Even like I was with tops before where they're like, well, I'm going to bottom this time. I was like, <laughs> this was not the deal I signed up for today. Um, <laughs> and so, so I resonate with that, that yes, it, it can definitely be that part of it, but then going into like what Matt, you were talking about and like playing in this like area of like, well, why do we have to have such stringent things? I 
love versatility and I love the openness of versatility. Um, I love to be able to explore all the things and see what energy my partner is in, what em- energy am I in? Like mm-hmm. who's feeling what? Sometimes I want to be dominated and sometimes I want other people to dominate me because I like to play in that flow of things because just being stuck in one or the other for me isn't, I guess maybe it comes down to like curiosity and exploration and learning is it's like, how would I know how to be an amazing top if I'd never bottomed before? And I don't know what that feels like, you know, because I feel like because I know how to be a good bottom and that allows me to also be a good top because then I know what they're experiencing, at least from to a certain degree and then vice versa. So it it informs my sexual exploration and it allows me to kind of explore those things differently with different people. And sometimes people are like, nope, I've done it. This is not for me. That's a, and that's great. But I'm kind of like one of those, like explore everything before you just knock it down. And also, even if you have explored and knocked it down, maybe if it wasn't a good experience, don't close the doors to things because mm-hmm. I've heard people who have been like, no, it was an awful experience, this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, maybe your ex was like fucked up. Maybe you had a bad experience. Maybe their like appendage was way too large. Like there's so many things that could go into it that it's like, don't just knock it one time because you've tried it one time and like it went bad. Like give yourself the grace and the space to be able to go, you know what? It's been a while. Let me explore this a little bit again. And I find that the more somebody is, grounded in who they are, the more they are capable of opening themselves up to those opportunities. And I definitely see this when I've like with partners I've had and other people is that the more I, the more somebody seems very grounded in who they are, like confidently grounded, not like egotistically, just like they know who they are and they're happy in that space the more open they are and willing they are to learn and to explore in these places and to grow. And -hmm. it's the ones who are like very stringent and not open and not willing to do those things that I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to have a good experience with you because like, if you're only the top and like, that's that. And like, no conversation is had. I'm like, what other area of your life are you also shut down in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And the same with bottoming. Like if you're only in like, that's it. And it's like cut pace. It's like, I'm like, well, what area, what other areas of your life are you like unwilling to explore that? And I get it. It's like, okay, well, you love it. But if you mm-hmm. found another partner who maybe was also the bottom, would you completely lock that out? And like the potential for that experience, like we were talking about, Matt, simply because you were both bottoms, even though you get along so well and you're like, this could be something amazing. You're not going to even allow yourself to explore that just because you have this like concrete notion of like, oh, well, it's not going to work out in this regard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff that has come up for for this <laughs> <laughs> and why this keeps getting perpetuated in the community because it does. And I think it's gonna keep getting perpetuated until we get to more balance. And I think that a lot of that comes from the masculine feminine balance within regards to like politics and the heteronormative world. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's, we still live in a man's world cause they're still running most of the shit. And it's slowly mm-hmm. changing and it's going to take generations to get there, just like LGBTQ rights are taking generations for us to get there. But as long as we keep doing the work, we we will get there. Um, so I'm curious, 
how do you guys think that we as a community can start moving away from all the bottom shaming and actually start empowering ourselves and other people? And how does that look like for you and your experience? And what has been your experience around bottom shaming? Mm. Um, who wants to start off? Who feels alive? I will, because I want to talk about something you just shared. And it's my first point, actually. Cool. I, my first point is focus on what feels good. And I want to speak to those people who are attaching to one polar and the other polar. And I think there's this element. Yeah. Sometimes people are more shut down and they don't want to experiment. There's that side to it. So I, I, I want to validate what you said, but I think there's also the people that have experimented and they just know like anal sex is painful. Their butt is not built for it. Right. And I know that there's people out there like that. It did. They don't enjoy it. Right. And I think sometimes we can start to put pressure on ourselves thinking that I have to do this. Otherwise I'm not going to meet my person or I'm not going to have good sex but your body's always communicating to you. If anal doesn't feel good, don't do it. And the same with bottoming, right? I know uh, some guys that don't enjoy penetration. Their penis doesn't like the feeling of being inside a, a, a guy's butt. So they just don't do it, right? And I just, I really want people to be authentic. Honor what it is that feels good for your body and quit applying all this garbage pressure that we put on each other or that society has put on us that if that we're gay men, we have to A, be hypersexual, we B, have to know our position and we have to be willing to tell everybody our position, which that's also really vulnerable to tell someone, yeah, I'm a bottom, I'm a top and just exchanging it like it's, it's the weather. Do you know what I mean? It's a big deal. Like these are, this is our body. We, and I think there's this element of anonymity and privacy that we also can start to practice as a gay uh, community that we don't need to be leading with that. Like, Hey, how are you? What are you a top bottom or verse? <laughs> you know, like there's a lot more to, to these exchanges than just that. So I wanted to bring, bring voice to that. And I honor that. Cause the, I also know people mm -hmm. who don't like any penetrative sex at all. Yeah, exactly. Like I've met people who are like, I like, I don't ever want to have that, whether it's top or bottom. And, and there are those people out there. So yeah. everybody I, has different. Yeah. Called yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. Side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to answer your, the, the second part of your question. So I actually haven't really experienced bottom shaming, to be honest. Um, I love bottoming and, um, but the one, the, the, the one person I have experienced bottom shaming from is myself. Um, I, but I've never experienced it from another person. So a lot of stuff around femininity. I, I talked about this on multiple episodes before and how I really struggled being in the feminine energy and I bought hardcore into hyper-masculinity and the, the patriarchy stuff. It was, that's been a lot of my deconditioning, to be honest, is all around feminine, slowing down, receiving all this stuff. So, um, the, the way to empower ourselves is be mindful of our own internal bottom shaming, right? Because somebody can only truly shame you if you give them consent, Right. And the consent is I'm shaming myself and you're just stimulating my own internal judgment. Right. If you're fully 100% confident in being a bottom, there's nothing anybody could say to you to phase you. Right. So all, all the bottom shaming is doing is it's just inciting your own lack of acceptance with yourself. So stop projecting and just start taking responsibility. And that's how we heal shame. That's, you know, Michael gave a plug to the HYS, the healing your shame course. That's really what we're teaching is like, just take responsibility for yourself and start to be aware of how your shame masks are being worn and how you're showing up. And, um, and that's a big, big thing. Um, stop putting tops on pedestals. That's my next bullet, right? Why are we doing that? Why are we putting heterosexual men on pedestals? Do you know what I mean? Like just 
own, own who you are, be proud of who you are, be proud of your sexual fantasies and your desires and all this stuff. And I think that's, that's a real big one because, you know, you look at how this, this leads into so many other areas around, you know, white privilege and these things where it's like, there has to be an element of us giving away our power to put somebody else on a pedestal in any of those arenas, anything that's related to social justice, anything of those, those, the, that nature, we are doing it to ourselves, right? We're giving away our power. And I think that's where we have to stop. We got to put a cork in that and stop leaking out our power. Uh, and that's when I think we'll, we become empowered, right? Putting a cork in the leak of our power is how we become empowered. Um, and I just wrote down, stop attributing being a top to being closer to being straight or more masculine, which I think I've already given voice to that already. So I don't need to say it more, but I think that's a really big, um, a big part of it. Because, you know, if you think about it too, like being a bottom, like it's not, it's not submissive. Like yeah. there's sure there's submissive bottoms, but there's also dom bottoms. There's like playful bottoms. There's, it's just, it's, it's an exploration, right? And you get to bring the energy in of, of whatever you want to bring in. So um, this, this whole notion of, of um, uh, sexual confidence, I think, plays a, a big role into this, too, because I think sometimes people default into roles because they're not feeling confident sexually in, in a certain space. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of guys who struggle with performance anxiety or confidence um, will just default into being a bottom, right? And I think when you find somebody who you feel that you can practice and be safe with and explore Tantra and, and, and learn how to really um, meet yourself in these really deep and meaningful ways, I think the sky could be the limit, right? For some people and some people it's like, no, like this is what I enjoy. And um, so I think the, the last thing I wanna say is just keep an open mind, that's it. To, to, to changing and not, not attaching to certain things. And uh, sexuality is very fluid. And as we, we grow and mature spiritually and psychologically, I think our sexual self is constantly changing. It's very fluid, but we attach to it through ego and we're like, no, this is who I am. And we stay stuck, right? But I think sexuality is meant to be playful and exploratory. And um, the more we label ourselves, the less we allow ourselves to, to go there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I love a lot of what you just said. Mm. <laughs> Being a top does not make you more straight. We're still all having sex with men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's it's still still there. Um, but there's definitely a lot of that. I I, I experienced a lot of that in the Middle East when I lived over in the Middle East because it was like it was like night and day. Like North America, everybody's complaining that everybody's bottom go over there everybody's the top because culturally what their experience is it's not gay if you're the top like mm -hmm. that's the energy behind it and it's it's so wild like it's so wild to experience those mm -hmm. um so michael what do you have to say about that's it so much that's great i mean i love to bottom not ashamed at all about it i love to have sex in general all kinds of sex lots of different people lots of different places lots of different things i like to explore my fetishes i love to try new things um, and so I find my relationship with sex to be one that is very playful and exploratory. And that is what makes me sexually confident is I will, but again, honoring my own boundaries, right? So it's, it's very different. I have, I have my boundaries. I know what I'm willing to do. I, don't, I know what I'm not willing to do. 
I know why, that's another thing. Why do I want to do this? Is it to play? Is it to relate? Is it just for fun? Do I just want to come uh, versus do I want intimacy? Do I want connection? Am I looking to fill a need, fill a void, validation? So I'm very self-aware uh, of the reasons why I go for what I want. But, um, you know, one thing I love that Matt said and that, and that I definitely want to underline is no one can shame you for anything, being bottom or anything in, until you yourself believe them. So people can tell me, oh my gosh, Michael, you've fucked like half of the tops in the city. And I'll say yes. <laughs> and is that supposed to make me feel bad? No, I'm. that's fine. Um, but like they can throw the shame at you, but you don't have to receive it, right? Like mm-hmm. someone's like, here, take the shame. And I'm just gonna be like, whoop, sorry. <laughs> nope, not me. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes from the work within, right? That comes from the work within because I don't think that having a lot of sex but for me this is this is really i'm talking about slut shaming as well for me it's both um i don't think that having a lot of sex or bottoming a lot or enjoying bottoming or talking about bottoming makes uh is a reason to be ashamed i don't think that at all like that Mm -hmm. just doesn't that doesn't in my mind that doesn't compute so you could throw all the shaming at me you want but it's just not gonna happen so i think that was a really good point you made matt um, another thing I want to talk about was just the idea of, of the importance of sex and sexuality. This is not trivial stuff. It's fun. It's, it's great. But there's a lot here that um, we can work on and, and, and look into. Like my personal development, my spiritual path is in tandem with my sexual empowerment, mm-hmm. my sexual confidence. They, to me, swerved and went hand in hand. Um, so it's, you know, not morally superior to look down on sex as this like sinful, tawdry topic Oh, sex. So that, that's a baseful thing. No, no. Sexual desire, your relationship with sex are important. I would even say fundamental to your well-being. It's fundamental to your spirituality, if you so choose. Fundamental to the, the, your, your relationship with your body, to the way you develop relationships with others. There is so much power in that sexual energy. And so often... Um, yes, it's fun, of course, but I do want to honor it as well, right? It, it makes your sex life hotter. It improves your relationships. It's really deep. It can be very deep personal work, and it's not easy. At least for me, it wasn't always easy. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that, you know, this whole topic of sex is it is important. Or, you know, we're not just talking about it in that tawdry kind of way, although it can be. Um, so yeah, I think with my experience with bottom shaming is actually more about sex shaming that, that I get is like, he's such a slut. He's so shameless about the way he talks about sex and, mm-hmm. you know, the way he takes off his shirt and shows off his blah, 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 all that stuff. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Bring it, bring, bring on the shamelessness because I worked hard to, to get here mm-hmm. and I will not apologize for enjoying the sex I want, mm-hmm. how I want it, what I want it, where I want it. And I'm not going to, and I'm not going to not talk about it either. Right. So some people right now could be getting uncomfortable. I go listen to him talk about that. And I get that a lot too on my, on my Instagram. Like, you know, you're a professional. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing that is what people will tell me. I get that kind of shaming. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, my professionalism has nothing to do with my sexuality. And in fact, I would say it draws to me the clients that, that need me. And that mm-hmm. is not something again, to be ashamed of. So yeah, that's, I guess that's my, my, my two cents on the bottom shaming slash sexual shaming in general and uh, what we need to do. Mm. Nice. I, I love that. I love what both of you guys said, because there's so much good stuff in there. And I'm going to add on to what you were saying, Michael, is I really think that how we start moving away from like these kinds of things as a community is by doing the self work. Like my personal development work is also all encompassing of all the other stuff, which is 
also including the sex, like all the sex work and all the stuff that goes into there. Not like sex work, but like if that's what you're doing as well, like more power to you. Like I, you know, I believe people should be in charge of their own bodies and what they want to do with them and how they want to do that. Full stop. It's yours. You got it. This was delivered to you upon birth. Now it's yours. You do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that a lot of that comes down to just the personal development work of like, it, the more you get to know yourself, the more you don't care what other people think, or maybe not care, you take it into account, but you, you, it doesn't need to be part of your being and part of your experience. And the experience I've had with bottom shaming is I've never been shamed for, I mean, maybe it's come up in passing, but like, I love bombing. I love topping as well. Like I'm a very first person and the shame that I've received around it has been like, oh, but you're really just a bottom who like has to top because you're mm. so tall. And like, there's this notion of like, everybody wants to bottom. And if you're a true verse that it's like, that's a unicorn. You don't actually exist. You always want one or the other. And it's like, I want to have the best experience for me and the person I'm having the experience with. That's what I want. And however that's going to play out, it's going to play out. It could mm -hmm. be bottom or it could be top. Like I'm going to decide that in the moment and decide with the person that I'm, I'm with. And I will equally enjoy both of them because for me, it, it all comes down to like the connection and the eyes and the like the emotional connection to it. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people who have detached the emotional connection to sex, this is how they categorize things. This is like how they put things in their brain so that they can rationalize things that are going on because they've separated themselves from the actual spiritual experience of sex. And it's just the physical now. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with having just the physical, but if that's all you're having, and it's not leading you to the fulfilling enjoyment that you want to have, then maybe it's time to look at that and see how it's affecting you and why you're limiting yourself from having also these emotional experiences in regards to it. Um, and being able to empower yourself through self-empowerment or through self-development in order to get to that place where you're like, okay, well, maybe I'm the top and maybe I do want to start bottoming or maybe I do want to try it. That is going to take trust and that's going to take building some sort of a relationship with somebody who you trust to take you down that path with you mm -hmm. you know and it's not like you just want to be like okay well i'm going to bottom so i'm going to go on grinder and i'm going to find somebody right now and it's just going to happen because that I, it might be a good experience i've had good experiences that way but it also could definitely very much not be a good experience mm -hmm. <laughs> but you want to set yourself up <laughs> if you're going to do it you want to set yourself up for success um and I also want to say that in general, there's a perpetuation of shame just by like being in earshot of people who are constantly using these kinds of slurs and constant shaming, because even though you do the work, hearing it over and over and over and over again, especially new people in the community, if you're like new out and this is your thing and you're hearing all these conversations to people, you're going to start kind of believing what they're saying because you're like, well, if everybody's talking like this, then maybe I'm, I'm a top, like I'm a top because I don't want to be in this shamed group over here. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that just tracks back to doing your own work. Like, what do you like? What do you enjoy? And building yourself up and having that core group of people and that support system to keep you steady whenever the world kind of throws shit at you and that you're like, oh, I don't really believe what's being said over here. Mm. Um, is there any last things you guys want to throw into this? I want to talk <clears throat> about ownership, um, just owning, owning all of it, owning the fact that mm -hmm. you are a sexual being. Last month, 
Last month, our theme was spirituality. You are a spiritual being. You are just as much a sexual being as you are a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. It is part of you. It is a beautiful part of you and, and own it. And what owning it means is exploring it, having fun with it. Touch yourself. Explore mm -hmm. your body. Like literally touch yourself. If you if you enjoy porn, then you know, watch some different kinds of porn that like, hey, maybe I like this, maybe I don't, right? Find out. So I think just owning the fact that you are a sexual being can really help. Um help with sexual empowerment in general, and even just mm -hmm. reducing that shame because we are all sexual beings. And my mm -hmm. flavor is going to be very different than yours. And that's okay. But isn't that the fun though? Isn't that the fun when you can connect with one or several people and start to explore each other's bodies or, or, or each other's as a sexual being? Like, does it turn you on when I touch you here? Do you like it when I do this? Like all these different things. I think that could be so much fun. So yeah, I think owning it definitely is, is the first step. Just own the fact that you are a sexual being. And, and if you're Catholic like me or was Catholic like me, reject all that nonsense they told you about uh, that it's, it's a sin mm -hmm. to have any kind of sex drive. Yeah, because everybody does it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the, it's the most basic animalistic thing. Like all the animals do it and they got no shame about it. So it's mm -hmm. like, why are we building up all this bullshit right. around it? Like we're all here because people had sex. Like that's right. why we're here. <laughs> yeah. I want to say one thing because it's hard to have a conversation. I don't think we've even said this word and the remedy to healing shame is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So we've been vulnerable today sharing our experiences and I would encourage people in the community and people listening to start practicing vulnerability around this stuff. If you have bottom shaming, talk about it, you know, externalize it. And that's how we're going to heal it within our community is if people start to see other people with, you know, being brave and coming forward. Um, and, and not just about bottoming, about sex, sexual shaming, right? I think this is, this is a big part of it. And like, stay in your own fucking lane. That's my, that's my biggest tip of the day. Stay in your own lane. Why do you give a shit what other people are doing with their bodies? Right. That's so, so important. So, and, and if everybody's consenting, I should say, yeah. I should really put the asterisks there. If everybody's consenting, why do you give a shit what people are doing with their body? A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. This has been magical. I'm so mm -hmm. glad that we got to have this conversation finally because everybody's mm -hmm. been asking for it for a long time. So mm -hmm. if you've liked this episode and you like what we're delivering to you, please give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and also the bell. It'll notify you every time we have new episodes each Thursday. If you're listening on Apple or any other, you know, podcast platform you can give us a star rating i know spotify has star ratings now um we would love five stars if you like what you're hearing and give us a, a little you know a note so that we can read it at the beginning of an episode maybe um and share it around if you like if you like the podcast share it with the people that you love um be sure to check us out in the gay men's brotherhood group where you can also check out the events tab and you can get in on the conversations uh the last thursday of every month and also um if you really like what we're doing, check out our Patreon or subscribe on Apple iTunes. And uh, that way it can help us continue doing these for you and continuing having these conversations. So with that, I hope you all have the best day ever. Peace, love, rainbows, and we will catch you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.